appreciate it. Praise the Lord. So what you're supposed to say is praise the Lord. So let's try it again. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're glad to be with you today. I'm excited to be back on campus, excited to be here, excited to speak in chapel. Amen. And uh, I hope that what the Lord has given me to share with you is going to be a blessing to you. I want you to open your Bibles with me to the uh, book of Psalms. And we're going to go to work to a great man of God, your president, Dr. Hagen. We give the greatest respect and honor, and we thank God for you and your wife and the work you're doing at North Central. Let's give it up for President Hagen. Amen. I'm grateful to have my wife with me. Wife, would you just... Wave your hand. I know you're over there doing something uh, with trying to put some social media together. Now, listen, that was my wife I asked you to clap for. So give it up for her. Praise the Lord. And I want to just thank God to everybody just just been so hospitable to me and showed us kindness and has just done such a great work. Amen. I, uh, I'm grateful to be here this morning. I'm excited to share with you this word from the Lord. Amen. I want you to turn with me to the Psalm 124. Psalm 124. And we're going to talk for just a minute about what we need to carry with us as pilgrims. Amen. Psalm 124. Psalm 124 says, If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side. And then David leads them in a chorus and says, I want you to repeat that. There's a refrain to it. If it had not been for the Lord on our side. Today I want to talk to you about the Lord who is on your side. Amen. The Psalms 120 to 134 are what's known as the Psalms of Ascent. Ascent means to go higher, to go up. There's an there's a upward mobility that comes when you ascend. And it's interesting because these were the Psalms that as the pilgrims made their way from wherever they lived in all of Israel, three times a year, they would make a pilgrimage back to Jerusalem. Now, what's interesting is you never go down to Jerusalem. You only go up. Even if you are geographically north of Jerusalem and you are traveling in a southerly direction to get to Jerusalem, you never go down to Jerusalem, you always go up to it. That there is this idea that you ascend to Jerusalem, that you always are going up. And these pilgrims, as they would take their pilgrimage, 
three times a year, leaving their homes, leaving their crops, leaving their livestock, making their way to Jerusalem. They would recite these psalms, this, this group, this gathering of psalms, Psalms 120 to 134. I dare say that these psalms of ascent are some of our favorite scripture memory verses, like Psalm 121 that says, I will lift my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. See, that's what a pilgrim says. A pilgrim making a journey. I'm going somewhere. I'm ascending. Psalm 125 says, those who trust the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved. Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain that build it. For the pilgrim, it took a lot to walk away from your home and your stability and your crops and your livestock and and to make the pilgrim's journey. But because the Lord commanded it, they would obey. Psalm 133 is part of those psalms. It says, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. And this pilgrim psalm, Psalm 120 to Psalm 134, almost creates for us a narrative, almost an illustration, almost an object lesson for us that, that in reality we are on a similar pilgrim journey. We are making our way to heavenly Jerusalem. And we're not going down getting there. We're going what? We're going up. We are ascending up. The Lord has taken us higher and higher. Uh, when I was a little boy, they sang a song that says, we are climbing Jacob's ladder. And it says every round gets what? Higher and higher. The Lord is constantly moving us in an upward motion and upward mobility. We are always moving up towards something. Amen? And so today as a pilgrim, many of you are starting your journey. Local church leadership. You're starting your journey into the career field. You're starting your journey as a marketplace leader, a ministry leader. You are starting your journey. And I want to just give you something that you can kind of tuck away in your pack to carry with you as you are on your journey. And that is, remember that the Lord is on your side. Can you say that? The Lord is on my side. Now, the reason the Lord is on your side is because you chose to be on the Lord's side. The Lord is a wonderful covenant partner to have. When you align yourself with him, when you buy into his vision, when you buy into his mission, when you dedicate yourself, when you consecrate yourself, when you humble yourself and say, Lord, I will do that that you have called and commanded me to do, he then commits himself to you. The Old Testament uses this word, Lord, capital L-O-R-D, and it's translated as Jehovah or Yahweh, depending on if you come from Latin or if you come from the original Hebrew. And it means the God of covenant, the God that's there, the God that makes himself accessible and available to me, irregardless of what I'm going through in life. The God that is always on my side. So I'm going to tell you three things today about this God that's on your side. Number one is... I want you to declare this as a fact. The Lord is on my side. I declare as a fact that the Lord is on my side. That is a fact. Now, 
Here's, here's the caution. The caution is there is this tension that we find ourselves living into. The tension is that there are some things that may be true while we hold to this fact. And at times, the truth and the fact may seem to contradict each other. That we've got to live in this tension that we embrace the truth, but we got to cling to the facts. When I was a young Bible college student, uh, I was a little stressed out and I had an ulcer that developed. So I went to the doctor and I, he gave me some medicine and it treated my ulcer. So I went home that summer and I told my pastor and his wife, I said, you know what? I got diagnosed with an ulcer. I'm taking medicine for it. And my pastor's wife said, don't say that. You confessing. Don't say that. Let me tell you something. You got to deal with the truth while embracing the fact. You got to deal with the truth while embracing the fact. Let me give you an example. The truth was Father Abraham and Mama Sarah were childless. The fact is God promised them that they would be the mother and father of many nations. It was true. Abraham, this was an issue for Abraham. You find it over and over and over again. I believe he took Lot with him because he was banking on the fact that here's somebody that's going to be my heir. He then negotiates with God a few chapters later after him and Lot fall out. He negotiates with God and say, well, why don't we take Eliezer and make him my heir? He's trying to deal with this truth. The Lord says, no, I'm going to give you a son of your own body. So then him and Mama Sarah decide to help the Lord out. And now we got Ishmael. And so finally God has to say, Abraham, I'm going to give you a son of your own flesh through Sarah. It was such a ridiculous statement that Sarah laughs. See, the truth was they were childless, but the fact is God gave them a promise and the promise he gave, he intended to fulfill. In life, can I tell you, never be afraid to deal with the truth. But always remember the fact that no matter what the truth is, the fact is the Lord is on my side. God will work for me some way, somehow. He's going to come through. It might be the midnight. It might be at the last moment. It might be late. But the old preacher said he may, he may be late, but he's always what? On time. The fact is the Lord is on our side. The second truth I want you to tuck away with you. Not only do you, you have to proclaim this fact that the Lord is on my side. Number two, you have to declare this by faith. You have to declare it by faith. Would you say it with me? The Lord is on my side. You have to declare this by faith. See, on this journey, you will be confronted with the reality of the necessity of faith. If God calls you to do something that you can see accomplishable with your own means, your own assets, your own resources, I dare tell you that that is not from God. It might be a good idea. It might even be necessary, but that's not God. 
God will always put you in a position that you do not have what it takes to do what he's calling you to do. That as you ascend higher, as God establishes you greater, as he does more in your life, as you go every round getting higher and higher, the Lord will require of you that that you do not have the resource to accomplish. Whenever I've hired, created a new position to hire someone, I've never had the payroll to pay them. Whenever I bought property, I've never had the money in the bank that made it affordable to buy the property that we were looking at. But you need faith on this journey. You cannot just rely upon what I have and what I don't have and the balance sheet and the inventory. You've got to have faith that says, God, if you said it, I'm going to believe you simply by faith because you are the God that's what on my side. We recognized that we needed some room to grow at our local church. And so I set out to buy some land. This was back in 08. Do you remember what happened in 08? It was a crash. Everything was contracting. But I found out that when others are crying how bad things are, there's another segment of our population that are celebrating everything now is dirt cheap. So while some of us are crying and weeping, others are moving forward because they're gathering while things are at rock bottom. So I decided to be like one of those guys. So we went out and we found 34 acres of land in our city. Didn't have the money. The guy that owned the land was a Christian. I said, I want to buy this land. And I want you to finance a note for me because I can't go to the bank and borrow any money. He said, Pastor, why would I take land that I already own, let you buy the land from me, and finance it for you? I said, by the way, we're brothers, so I don't want you to charge me no interest. He said, Pastor, you kind of getting on my nerves because you're asking me to take land that I already own to let you buy it from me, and I can't charge you interest? I said, yeah. And I said, and I don't know where it came from. I never told my board. My wife was the only person who heard this. I never told my board, never told my church till after it was all over. I don't know where it came from. I said, and if I ever miss a payment, you could take the land back and keep all the money we paid you. I walked away and said, did I just say that? Now, remember, we didn't have the money. He agreed to it. He'd be a fool not to. But how many of you have ever read what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1.25, that the foolishness of God is sometimes wiser than men? See, it looked foolish in the moment. But I believe God by faith. If we worked out and we paid him $2,500 a month, and four times a year we had to pay him an extra $15,000, and we got that land paid off in three years. In a time of famine, God blessed our church to purchase land on a promise that if we ever missed a payment, he could take the land and keep all the money. You will need faith. But when you walk in faith, know that the Lord is on your side. You are not just making promises in your own strength. The Lord is establishing, and when it's done, only he can get the glory. Amen? Why don't you put your hands together and bless the Lord? Say with me, the Lord is on my side. 
The third thing I want to tell you about the Lord is on my side. I want you to shelter in this truth when you're facing fear. I want you to shelter in this truth when you're facing fear. This weekend, my son was home from college, and he was home for Easter weekend, and we hung out, and we were talking and sharing. And he reflected upon being a little boy when we would watch shows like Survivor Man, Making the Cut, about guys having to qualify in the special forces and top shot and all these things. And he said, Dad, why did you make me say, I said, son, I was bonding with you. I used those things as a way to help us connect as father and son. He said, oh, that's what you were doing. And one of the things we used to watch was this guy called Survivor Man. And Survivor Man would always say, all I need to survive is fire and shelter. If you give me fire and you give me shelter, I can survive. Let me tell you something. You need this truth to shelter under when you're dealing with fear. Because there will be time as a pilgrim on the journey, moving higher. You don't know what you're going to confront. You don't know what you're going to deal with. You don't know what's going to face you one day. But when you face fear, and it causes uh, uh, anxiety, when you face worry, when you face into confusion, when you face into the negative energy that fear brings, John tells us that fear has torment that comes with it. When you face into fear, you got to remember that there's a God who is on your side. He is not going to leave you, nor will he forsake you. The Bible tells a story in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 about a king by the name of Jehoshaphat. And it says that Jehoshaphat got word that a great vast army was coming to attack him. And it says that Jehoshaphat was afraid in verse 3. He was afraid. He was, he was filled with fear. He's a king. He's responsible for his subjects. He knows that this is not his battle to fight, but he is an extension of God, and the, the throne represents the authority of God in the midst of his people. And Jehoshaphat was afraid, but it doesn't stop there. It says, and he resolved to seek the Lord. In the midst of him being afraid, in the midst of him dealing with fear, he says, we're going to seek the Lord. See, there's times when you have to shelter in this truth that the Lord is on your side. He, he sought the Lord. Not only that, then he proclaims a fast throughout all of Judah, calling the people to consecrate themselves, to turn their plates over, to seek the face of the Lord. And when they came together from cities and towns all over Judah, the Bible says that Jehoshaphat stood in the midst of the assembly right in the temple courtyard. And he begins to pray. And he says, I'm not you the God of heaven. I'm not you the one who brought us up out of Egypt. Was it not your powerful hand that delivered us? See, sometimes you got to remember where the Lord has brought you from. 
He says, we have no might. We have no power against this enemy. He says, Lord, we don't even know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. See, when you understand that the Lord is on your side and you deal with an enemy that is confounding you and, and causing anxiety and fear and worry and stress and doubt to rise up in you, don't just stay there. Determine to seek the Lord. Determine to press into God's presence. Determine to fast and to pray and to cry out to God and say, Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you because I know you are God who is on my side. I know that you will never leave me nor forsake me. I know that like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, even if I'm in the fiery furnace, you're right there with me. I know you won't forsake me even when I'm like David facing a Goliath who is stronger and mightier than me. You will never forsake me. Would you stand with me? And maybe right now on your journey, maybe right now, you need to remind yourself that there are some truths you're dealing with, but there's also the fact that the Lord is on your side. Maybe today you are confounded because you feel the Lord asking you to operate in faith. Maybe you are dealing with fear, anxiety, stress, worry, confusion, negative energy. But right now I wonder as the Worship team comes and leads us in worship. Would you just lift your hands and just begin to worship the Lord? And just say, Israel, just say, if it had not been for the Lord who is on our side. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side. Let us proclaim this as a fact. Let us embrace it in faith. Let us shelter in it when we deal with fear. If it had not been for the Lord, the Lord is on your side. Paul said, everyone forsook me, but the Lord stood with me. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, press into God's presence. Leave your burdens at his feet today and allow the Spirit of God to come and minister to you. Maybe you're tired, you're weary, maybe you're spiritually frustrated. You say, Pastor, I just need a touch. From, just reach your hands up to the Lord. Just begin to reach out to him and cry out to him and just talk to him and tell him. Come on, press into him, press in. Mm -hmm.